Hello, what's going on? We hope you had a great weekend. I'm Matt with So Cincy. Welcome back. If you're new here, we're glad to have you. You can hit subscribe to the to the channel. You can hit the little notification bell so that you know when we're going live and when we post a video. We'll post a new video each Friday when I can. <laughs> But we found some stuff. We found some stuff this week that uh, I'm just gonna just do a bunch of recording for, um, and we think it's, we think it's gonna help out. It's difficult because we are we are. Uh, I sound a little weird. I don't know. I don't know why. Test 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 one two. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. But um, we are going to be changing the live stream. We're going to be changing that from 7 a.m. to the to the opposite end of the spectrum. We're going to be going to 9.40 p.m. starting next week because our kids return to school. So with everything I got going on in the morning, I could live stream, but I would rush and in doing that, plus I'd rush and getting the kids ready. So we're just going to move the stream to um, to 940. So that'll be starting next Monday. And uh, we'll go from there. So if you tune in at 7 a.m., you're like, Where, where's the stream? Because so many of y'all tune in. No, I love every one of y'all. We, uh, yeah, so we're going to be changing that next week to 940 p.m. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. That'll give some, that way the kids will be down, they'll be in bed. Kristen will probably more likely join on for the streams, hopefully. And uh, we'll go we'll go from there. So cool, let's get right into it. We're going to be in Acts chapter 17 today. So this is Paul preaching in Thessalonica. So it reads from the New Living Translation, Paul and Silas then traveled through the town's of Amphipolis and Apollonia and came to Thessalonica where there was a Jewish synagogue. As was Paul's customs, he went to the synagogue service for and for three Sabbaths in a row, he used the scriptures to reason with the people. He explained the prophecies and proved that the Messiah must suffer and rise from the dead. He said, this Jesus I'm telling you about is the Messiah. Some of the Jews who listened were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, along with many God-fearing Greek men and quite a few prominent women. But some of the Jews were jealous, so they gathered some troublemakers from the marketplace to form a mob and start a riot. They attacked the home of Jason, searching for Paul and Silas so they could drag them out to the crowd. Not finding them there, they dragged out Jason and some of the other believers instead and took, some, and took them before the city council. Paul and Silas have caused trouble all over the world, they shouted, and now they are here disturbing our city too. And Jason has welcomed them into his home. They are all guilty of treason against Caesar, for they profess allegiance to another king named Jesus. The people of the city, as well as the city council, were thrown into turmoil by these reports. So the officials forced Jason and the other believers to post bond, and then they released them. That very night... Mm, Excuse me. The believers sent Paul and Silas to Berea. When they arrived there, they went to the Jewish synagogue. And the people of Berea were more open-minded than those in Thessalonica, and they listened eagerly to Paul's message. 
They searched the scriptures day after day to see if Paul and Silas were teaching the truth. And as a result, many Jews believed, as did many of the prominent Greek women and men. But when some Jews in Thessalonica learned that Paul was preaching the word of God in Berea, they went there and stirred up trouble. The believers acted at once, sending Paul onto the coast, while Silas and Timothy remained behind. Those escorting Paul went with him all the way to Athens. Then they returned to Berea with instructions for Silas and Timothy to hurry and join him. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was deeply troubled by all the idols he saw everywhere in the city. He went to the synagogue to reason with the Jews and the God-fearing Gentiles, and he spoke daily in the public square to all who happened to be there. He also had a date with some of the Epicurean and Stoic philosophers. When he told them about Jesus and his resurrection, they said, what's this babbler trying to say with these strange ideas he's picked up? Others said, he seems to be preaching about some foreign gods. Then they took him to the high council of the city. Come and tell us about this new teaching, they said. You are saying some rather strange things, and we want to know what it's all about. It should be explained that all the Athenians, as well as the foreigners in Athens, seem to spend all their time discussing the latest ideas. So Paul, standing before the council, addressed them as follows. Men of Athens, I notice that you are very religious in every way. For as I was walking along, I saw your many shrines, and one of your many altars had this inscription on it, to an unknown God. This God, whom you worship without knowing, is the one I'm telling you about. He is the one who made the world and everything in it. Since he is Lord of heaven and earth, he doesn't live in man-made temples, and human hands can't serve his needs, for he has no needs. He himself gives life and breath to everything, and he satisfies every need. From one man, he created all the nations. Lost my place. Throughout the whole earth. There we go. Verse 26. He decided beforehand when they should rise and fall, and he determined their boundaries. His purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. For in him we live and most and move and exist, as some of your own poets have said. We are his offspring. And since this is true, we shouldn't think of God as an idol designed by craftsmen from gold or silver or stone. God overlooked people's ignorance about these things in earlier times, but now he commands everyone everywhere to repent of their sins and turn to him. For he has set a day for judging the world with justice by the man he has appointed and he proved to anyone who this is by, raising him from the dead. When they heard Paul speak about the resurrection of the dead, some laughed in contempt, but others said, we want to hear more about this later. That ended Paul's discussion with them, but some joined and became believers. Among them were Dionysius, a member of the council, a woman named Damaris, and others with them. And that is Acts chapter now oh okay here we go now what's cool about um acts chapter 17 is is something that um in real in real life Kristen and i talk to uh a lot of people um all the time and it all and it all stemmed from a conversation where 
we were at a conference. Yeah, we were at a conference in Chicago. And so this was with a whole bunch of people from, from all over the world or not all over the world, but from all over the U S and, and all these individuals are city reachers of, of different sorts. They're, they, um, work within their city to, to share the gospel, to, to bring churches together, to do evangelism, all these different things. And so there was a guy from, um, from Portland, from Portland, Oregon. And, um, he was just talking, you know, he, he's gave some encouraging words that like to this day, cause that was Chicago was 20, 21. I mean, it was only two years, but I like, I still like what he said. I was like, I was like, Oh, like that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, and so, um, I, I can't remember how the conversation went, but people were, um, feeling, feeling down because, um, you know, and, and I was one of them, we were believing that the church is not doomed, but, but basically like we, we were thinking like, you know, it's, it's going to be so hard to do evangelism because people aren't interested in, in Jesus and people aren't interested in, in Christianity and things like that. And, and we, we use the term post-Christian nation, which we thought, but what he said was that he wants to encourage us and encourage and us by everybody in the room that, um, because he's in Portland. So Portland is a more progressive city than, um, like a, like a Cincinnati, so like a, like a Midwestern city, not progressive in the sense of, of politics. Like obviously you're going to have politics, but, but the way he was referring to progressive in the sense was progressive in thinking. So what he was saying is that we're no longer in a, we're no longer in a Christian uh, or a post Christian nation. We are in a post secular nation where the difference between the Christian and the secular, the Christian is, you know, you know, the, the God of the Bible, Jesus, all those things like Jesus runs the culture, which, which may or may not have been true. However you want to look at it. Um, but there was a sense that Jesus ran the culture in, in the, throughout the U S for a time period. That would be a Christian culture post-Christian, which is what, I experienced and up even up to this point was that um, people aren't, they don't want Jesus. They're, they're tired of it. And so um, we live in a more secular culture. Um, And so the secular is that there, there is no God. It's just, it's just the material do what you want. But what he was saying now is the, is the progression point to that, the post secular nation where, where people are hungry for the spiritual. And so he was saying what the conversations that he's had, um, with people throughout, throughout, um, throughout Portland was that people are hungry for the spiritual. And when he said that, I know for myself and for Kristen too, like it opened up our eyes to see like all the spiritual that is 
around us. So we're a, a post-secular. So our culture is currently in a in a very hungry spiritual state. And so the evidence for these things is like if like and then I and I preach this in the sermon and, and I even have a, a, a video about it on on here on the channel. But the idea is that like um, if you go to a store, if you go to Target, if you go to Walmart, if you go to, uh, especially Five Below, Five Below seems to be the, the place that that we notice this the most. Um, Five Below has uh, sage, like you can buy sage burning kits. Um, you can get um, books on how to do tarot cards, like tarot card reading. Um, you can buy tarot cards. You can probably get Ouija boards. Like these things have always existed um for a while for like a, for for a long time but it's so um mainstream now that you can walk into a store like i can like i can go to target and pick up a tarot card pack or a book on how to do tarot cards or or the wiccan or all these things like i can get these things really really easy from from a store whereas maybe in years past I may have had to um, like especially order those from, from a website or, you know, Amazon or whatever. So these things are readily available. And when they're readily available, that means that people aren't people, people are looking for something like they're looking for. Is there, is there something beyond me? I don't, I don't know what it is. And so we see this, you know, pop up perfectly here in, in Act 17, it's it's just that same um, sort of thing. And so it says, when he went to the high council of the city in verse 19, and they asked him, come tell us about this new teaching. Because the people, the context was, as it says, is that the Athenians, as well as the foreigners in Athens, seemed to spend all their time discussing the latest ideas. So they're very, they're very into the philosophical and the, and the conversations around that stuff. And he goes and he goes and says, I notice that you're very religious in every way. So people, they want to get rid of, they want to get rid of their, of their uh, bad vibes. Um, I notice people will wear um, crystals around their neck. So it gives them energy. It wards off bad spirits, whatever, whatever it might be. And, and uh you know so it's there's there's all these all these things these these um godly in a sense not not godly as in biblical but but spiritual um things that people are spiritual practices that people are doing um to bring in this supernatural energy and so you have people now wearing wearing uh wearing gem or not gems wearing um what i say the the crystals you have people burning sage which sage is supposed to ward off spirits um things like that so you have all these things and, and so paul's addressing this and he's like y'all are y'all are very religious so i was walking along i was i was noticing your your customs i was noticing your culture i was noticing what you guys seem to put importance to and what I picked up was one of your inscriptions says to an unknown God. 
Well, let me tell you, like when you wear your crystals, what you're doing is you're, you're looking for uh, a spiritual peace. Let me tell you about the spiritual peace that you're missing. Is essentially what they're saying. You're burning, you're burning sage to, to ward off bad spirits or to, to cleanse the energy. Let me tell you about the one who, who provides the true energy. Like it's those sorts of things that people now are, are absolutely hungry for. And, and what I've, <laughs> it's funny because I was, I was just talking with Kristen and she was having a, a conversation with um, some other people. But what they were saying was that they have been, and these are, or these are older Christian leaders, older men and women who have been uh, doing this thing for a, a long, long time. And so they've since retired, so to speak, from the more formal aspect of ministry. Um, but what they've been asking for and, and praying for is that the supernatural will make itself so present so realistic, so, um, so manifesting in the physical that it, that things like this become undeniable. Like, so that, so that not only, not only does it, um, reach out to, to non-believers, but that it also reaches out to to believers so that they know that the supernatural is real and that God is real and that it is undeniable. And it's just, it's an interesting prayer to pray that, that they've been doing. Um, but I think it's I think it's one that maybe we should all be doing if you're if you're Jesus, followers of Jesus, so that you can have these opportunities to talk about it. Let me tell you about the unknown God. Let me tell you about the person that you're searching for that you just don't know. So that's it. I'm Matt with So Cincy. Thanks for tuning in. You can follow us everywhere on social media on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Threads, Twitter, you name it. All at So Cincy. S O W C I N C Y. Like I said, if you like the stream today, subscribe to the channel, turn on that notification bell. New video this Friday. Um, we're excited for it, and uh, we'll see you next time. Have a good one. Peace.